Welcome to Quotable, a female millennial entrepreneur podcast. The show by and for female millennial entrepreneurs who are building and running thriving, successful businesses while living life to the fullest. I'm your host, Alessandra Polina, owner of Quotable Media Co., a PR and media company. After nearly 10 years of building a PR agency, I've learned a lot about business and entrepreneurship, but the most valuable things have always come through conversation with other women who have been in it too, and I want to share all of that with you. So sit back, fill your coffee cup up, and listen in. Okay, I'm here today with Chelsea Kim, the co-founder and head of operations and community of Bella, or Bella Loves Me. Um, Tell us more about that, Chelsea. First of all, thanks for coming on. Um, I'm so happy to talk to you today. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, so Bella was... It's an interesting space. Um, Most people think of us as a bank because we were launched in a banking experience. We are a fintech and we do offer bank accounts, but we don't hold them. So that is actually held by a partner bank and their FDIC insured up to $5 million per individual, which seems like a lot of money. Most banks are are insuring individual deposits for Mm $250,000. So that should pretty much tell you that we have bigger and grander plans for what we're trying to accomplish than just being a personal checking finance kind of company. And really our intention is to become a lifestyle. And when you think about your bank and what you sort of emotionally equate to it, it's not usually trust and love and kindness and a sort of beneficial, healthy relationship. I would say most people look at banks as a necessary evil, and we want to flip that on its head and kind of become a completely different experience for the new financier, the new millennial, the new Gen Z, or the, the new person who's building their own business and their own lifestyle. We want to be a part of that. So that's in a nutshell. Wow. <laughs> that sounds like a huge undertaking. Um, and it, that sounds really cool. I think that's, that definitely resonates with me in terms of, you know, you don't think of a bank as like something that loves you <laughs> at all. Not at all. No. Uh, it was funny actually, cause we launched in November of 2020. So this is coming up on our one year and we are, we're growing like crazy. And it's, it's really strange to be totally honest, um, coming into this sort of more saturated space. If you think about the number of fintechs out there, you can think of chime and borrow simple, just close its doors in may. So there's a lot of turnover and it's a very tumultuous kind of space to be in. And so to be at a year is a really big milestone for us, but it's also the launch of the next generation of what we're accomplishing. We launched with just the banking experience. And when we did that and we were marketing, we were doing that in the middle of the pandemic. So we couldn't be out of home. We couldn't do the traditional ways that maybe you would see a billboard around, I don't know, current as an example, which is a very Gen Z aimed bank and, and experience. And, um, so because we couldn't do that, we had to figure out how to space ourselves into the digital environment. And how do you get in front of people and know your demographic and how do you propose the right things to them? And of course, our entire piece is built off of love. It's Bella loves me. And it's all about the individual and it's about creating that bond. Well, social platforms have not ever been set up for that to have the word love and bank in the same sentence. And I think that's a big commentary on our society and where we stand as people, but, um, but it blocked us from being able to market 
and we couldn't market to non-single people on say like Facebook or Instagram platforms because there were controls in place that you couldn't be a dating app marketing to people in relationships and things along those lines. Wait, so it added this like really <laughs> sort of complex and interesting space for marketing and, and kind of getting our name out there. And honestly, the hurdle of getting people to understand what we were. So it was, it was a really interesting space to launch into. And now here a year later, some of that's improved. I will say um, people are still very confused about what we do. And we're what I call the best kept secret. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, what does that mean? I mean, obviously you said, you know, you there are bank accounts. So somebody could go onto your website and set up a bank account, I imagine, and use it as it, put their money there. What? Absolutely what else? Like, what is this lifestyle? Like, or I know you said you're kind of just going into phase two. Is it, is it something mm -hmm. we can share more about? Is that something we can talk about? Absolutely. So phase one was personal checking and savings accounts. And we set it up so that you could bring your money in and set up goals for your savings accounts. So very similar to having buckets for different types of bills or things like that. We wanted it to be goal-based because it's about you. What are you trying to save for? What are you trying to accomplish in your life? And making that a more fun experience by putting things like weather parameters in it. I live in New York. When it's sunny in New York in the winter, transfer $20 to my savings account. And then that way I can be saving for maybe my holiday over the summer, or I can be saving for a new piece of furniture I want. Something that's going to make me happy when it's really dreary outside in the winter. Wow, and so, wait, wait. Oh, I'm sorry. So it connects to like your weather app or something. And when it's... Mm -hmm. We have a backend, we have a backend system that connects into a weather database. So it's not even on your app on your phone. It's, it's our own database that we, um, that we integrated and yeah, it, it'll say, you know, it's sunny or if it's rainy or whatever the, the parameter that you put on it might be. And then it'll transfer the money that day to your account so that you are sort of subconsciously saving, but also making it in a really fun way where maybe something that would make you super happy or maybe something that makes you super happy will be saving for a future event. Wow. Are there other things like that? Like besides weather, like certain parameters? It's just weather for now. We're, we're testing it out and seeing how it works. Um, it's a pretty complex algorithm to be totally honest, to get that to work and, and to function in the right ways. So we're starting small, but the intention is really to make it about you. So what things people drive and want us to do, we will take into consideration and figure out how to make it happen. It may not happen overnight, but we've been talking about things like sports and games and, and different ways that you can kind of integrate this into a community space. And then on top of that, we have um, something called the Karma account, which is really community focused. And that's the Bella community. So it's like a checking account. You put money into it, but it transfers to other people. So every time somebody else swipes their card, you could be paying for their purchase. And if you think about it, like a pay it forward movement, you see these in the news all the time. Somebody pays for somebody else behind them in line at Starbucks, or there was a story last Christmas around Dairy Queen where like 900 cars paid for each other, right? And it's that same kind of concept, but you don't have to be in the same neighborhood or the same community because it's a global world now. And that doesn't mean that you should be disconnected from people who are like-minded or that you can relate to. And so for that reason, the karma account is small purchases. It's not intended to bankrupt anyone. You're not buying a car for somebody else, but it, but it does allow you to pick up a small purchase. And then that person can send what we call a tap back. And they can send a textual comment saying, you know, thank you. This went to pay for X, Y, Z, or that 
that made my day, or they can just send a little emoji sign and say, thank you in whatever capacity they're more comfortable with. Wow. So it gives something to the giver and the receiver. Yeah. And do you said, can you say like, I want to only give up to like $5 to somebody else's purchase or something, or is it like, it'll only be things under 50, but that's kind of it's under $20, but it's up to you how much you want to put into your account. So okay. if you only put $10, then it, it'll do probably smaller purchases. Um, it kind of equates how much is in there. So it doesn't just bankrupt you with one, one swipe. Right. <laughs> but that's such a unique idea. So wait, can we actually back up for a minute? Cause I guess I never really like, I want to, where did the whole idea for the company come from? Like, where did you actually, <laughs> when did you decide to start this? And yeah, where did the idea come from? Why, what spark, what sparked the whole thing? Yeah, it was, it's been a journey to be totally honest. Um, there are three of us that are, are the founders of Bella, Angelo, Will, and myself and Angelo and Will come from the banking industry in Europe. And so Angelo has been in banking over 20 years with Unicredit more previously. And then he created a company there called Buddy Bank under Unicredit, which was aimed at more younger generation iPhone specific users. And it used conversational, which is a main core piece of our product that's very different than others, where you communicate with individuals as concierge or with the platform in sentences. There's no hamburger menus. You don't click on something, hit transfer, enter which account, and then a, a dollar amount you do it as a sentence because that's how we communicate with each other. I want to transfer $5 from my checking account to my savings account or from myself to you, Alessandra. And um, as long as we're friends on the platform, I can transfer money back and forth. So it makes it really simple because it's how you interact in general and you don't have to type commands and think about, okay, what, where is on the menu? Would they have put that or what would they do with that? Mm -hmm. And so that whole concept kind of started in its infancy back with Putty Bank and, and we kind of thought, let's take it to the next generation and, and do something bigger and grander with it and find a way to make personal connections. And so Angelo wanted to come over and try the U.S. market. So he came over, he made um, a connection with Will a couple of years before that happened through a podcast actually. Mm. And, uh, and they stayed in touch. And so when they came to the New York area, I was able to meet them through one of our funding groups, a live person. And because of that, uh, we all hit it off and I brought in the community aspect. They brought in the banking expertise and the financial aspect. And here we were off to the races. Wow. That was all in 2019. So we all got together around the fall of 2019, launched about a year later. And here we are a year after that. <laughs> that's incredible. That's, that's really cool. So, so you, um, you said you kind of had the community piece of it, or that's kind mm -hmm. of where, what you were, that, I mean, that is kind of what you own now as the head of community too. So tell like what, what that's like the part where you could be friends with other people on the plot, like other people within the bank and like send money to each other and all of that stuff. Like that's kind of like your brainchild and yeah. So the, the karma account was always part of our initial launching and it was always something that we wanted to do. It was based actually off a of Naples tradition in Italy of called cafe suspeso, where you go and you would purchase a coffee, pay for another, but only take one. And somebody who couldn't afford it would come along behind and, and inquire if there was one available and they would be able to have a coffee for the day. And so that's kind of where the concept came from. And that was really something about how do we create a different experience? The community asked, actually comes in a little bit later on when we were thinking, how do we 
build on this? How do we make it bigger? And so there's a scoring system and the more good deeds that you do, like paying for other people's purchases, or even we have uh, community donations in the app right now where we sponsor change makers in different areas of the United States, and you can donate toward their causes. There's one for relocating animals out of kill shelters into their forever homes. There's another one for children learning organic farming in a food desert and the business acumen behind that of selling their produce and understanding how that works. And then there's a final one that we have that is a co-op coffee shop in a um, area right outside of Chicago. And the neighborhood actually owns it. They're on the board and when COVID struck, they needed an outdoor space because they couldn't be indoors and it was their real community center. And so they were able to get this outdoor plot um, and we helped them clean it up, build a stage and a fence to protect it and allows them to have community gatherings in this now COVID post world where being indoors may or may not be applicable at all seasons. And so um, there are donations and there are different ways that you can support, but that was sort of the next evolution of the community aspect. And it's just about ways to connect people and allow them to see each other in this sort of digital world where a lot of times we are disconnected or just like in the sense where we're voice or face only and you don't ever get to physically meet somebody maybe there's another way that you could connect. And that's what we're trying to do. Yeah. And that's so unique to like, even think to have that be through a bank or through your <laughs> or platform, right? Like I, I, that sounds like such a unique concept or, or a thought and idea, but it also makes so much sense because it's like, that's where your money is already there. Like how easy to just be like, you know what, let me share a little bit. Like my account's looking good today. Like, let me mm-hmm. share a little bit with someone who needs it or make somebody else's day. I mean, it's like, it's just a way of making banking a little bit more like fun and like, and nice. exactly. Is that like really just where it came from? <laughs> It's to make it less scary. I mean, we all know that the the banking industry in the U.S. is so broken and there's so many issues with the way that people interact with it that especially for, for sort of underserved demographics. And I really hate that word because it's not that they're underserved, it's that they're ignored. But but the the way that we have to think about our money and the scarcity or the anxiety that comes with that or not knowing, nobody's taught in school anymore around how to balance a checkbook or what an account means or how to save or what you should be doing for your retirement now that pensions are gone. I mean, when pensions existed, our, all of our parents had home ec. They all, ha- they all had an ability to go and learn these things that were never taught anymore. Unless you have a financially savvy parent that's going to teach you there's no easy way to get that. And that's something that we want to fix. We want to make the relationship with money more friendly and fun, as well as teach people about the ways that you can create sort of generational wealth by subconscious saving and earning, right? Do you have a savings account? Are you using interest to your benefit? Are you putting things into the right places? All of those things are sometimes intuitive to people who know, but they're not to everyone else. And so it's, it's a really simple thing you can do to improve somebody's life and, and even their, their psyche of just not having to constantly be thinking about money in a negative space. Yeah. Yeah. So how have you, I mean, I know you mentioned, well, wait, first of all, I just have to ask that, um, and the debit card is actually like a ra- like rainbow, right? That's what I had seen. On- and it glitters. It's, it's glitter- probably the thing. It's the thing that I really fought for. I wanted it to sparkle. 
<laughs> it's not obnoxious really glitter. It's like a, it's like a pearl. <laughs> But, but it just pearl debit card. So when you go to swipe your card, you're like, actually, this makes me feel great because this is so pretty. It's just happiness. And, and, you know, it, it's a conversation starter when other people see that card. So many cards are, are blue or green or gray or black, and they're all dark and dingy. And then you look in your wallet and you see this like bright rainbow that's sparkling at you. And how do you not smile at that and like laugh a little bit to yourself? I think so. that's enough to get me to sign up for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. So, so, but I, what you were saying before that was also, was very important and I didn't mean to <laughs> no worry. subject. Um, I just had been looking at that and I needed to, to double check because that's part of making it fun and, and making people excited to want it, to want to use it and things like that. But, um, yeah, when you talk about trying to get people excited for banking and people who maybe don't have like that financial background or don't really know what they're doing, like how I know you mentioned, obviously, it's still pretty new and launched during the pandemic. And it's been tough to, you know, it's tough to do things like those Facebook advertising things like that. How else are you planning to reach or how have you been trying to reach new people, especially people who are not actively seeking out <laughs> better ways for banking because they don't really know to or have that financial history? Yeah, it's it's been a journey. Like I said, um, when we first tried to launch, we were blocked on a lot of these areas because the word love just automatically kills 90% of your ability to advertise to married or coupled people as you put in your Facebook profile, apparently. Um, so we, we actually got reclassified within about a month. It was a lot of work, but into health and beauty, which is obviously not finance either, but it allowed us to advertise to non-single people, which was a huge win. And so we do Facebook ads. We do Instagram ads. Um, we also work with local communities. And so things like the, the community initiatives, we actually have a mural in the downtown Melrose art district right now that we collaborated with a woman, her name's Corey Maddie, but she goes by the LA hope dealer. And she created this mural in collaboration in that area for us. And it says hope and it's uh, right now fundraising for breast cancer awareness and research. And there's a QR code where you could go and download it and um, donate toward the site right now. And it's on our website under the Bella loves LA hashtag on the, the top of the the navigation bar. And so that is for this quarter we're fundraising toward that. And it's, it's all about individual community work. And we found that you make the most impact by being side by side and shoulder to shoulder with people. And if they can feel it, it's their dollars going into their community. They can see the impact that you're having. They're more likely to believe that you're real and that you're not just paying lip service to something. And so that's kind of where we shifted toward and, and how we really get the word out is through those venues. And then because we are a lifestyle and not just banking, um, actually, uh, November 30th, we are launching internal first to test it out. And then in the middle of December, we will go public with a apparel line. So it's all about athleisure and our hoodies and our sweatpants and all of that stuff. They're made in Italy. Well, excuse me, they're designed in Italy and made in Turkey, but they are the most comfortable things that we could do. And we designed it and we designed them in the way that we did because we wanted it to be like a hug. So they're super cozy and comfy so that you can feel Bella around you. And it's all about having all of your senses touched and feeling that love. Well, and then when you wear those, people ask what's Bella, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Fun. So it's, it's all about 
fun yeah. and functional ways of advertising, not just throwing money toward the places where they already have billions, right? Do we really need to be funding Facebook and Instagram? To an extent, yes, because that's where everyone's at right now. But is that where we want to be? No, we want to be putting our money back into our community. And the best way to do that is to spend our money on our individual people. And one thing I didn't mention, actually, the majority of our marketing budget goes into our members. And what I mean by that is we have a program called Surprise Cashback, and it is uh, anywhere from 5 to 200% on random purchases made with the De Bella debit card. So you swipe your card and you could get 5 to 200% back up to $2,000 on a single purchase using wow. your Bella debit card. So that's where a ton of our marketing money actually goes is into surprise cashback because we want to put our money into the people that believe in us. And so it's a way for us to, to again, make money fun, make using your actual money and not credit cards and creating debt fun and still make you feel like you're getting a reward as if you were using a credit card that maybe gives you points or percentages back. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that's, that sounds so smart. Like those are the people who already use you. They're obviously going to tell their friends and family about it. Mm -hmm. If they're getting like random surprise cash back and you already have a marketing budget set aside, or, or you would otherwise mm -hmm. be spending money on, on other marketing avenues. So why not use that money instead and in actually making sure that people who are already part of the community are loving it so much and having such <laughs> wonderful surprises that they're going to want to talk about it with everyone they know. That's, I love it. I love that. It takes a little longer. We'll say that it's a, it's a longer play to gather, you know, really true loyal members because they have to experience it. They have to believe in us enough to try it out, all of that. But the stories that we get from customers, and like I said, we're, we're using certain type of demographic um, and most fintechs serve sort of what we call the underserved, right? People who are not the millionaires, billionaires of the world. Those people are putting their money in real banks. And I say real because they're brick and mortar, not because they're more or less tangible than we are, but, but um in that sense of things, you know, these are people who may be living paycheck to paycheck or something along those lines. And the stories we get about, especially during COVID, people going to the gas station and getting a surprise from either another Bella member or from us that paid for their gas. So they were able to make it to hospitals to see loved ones or that they didn't have any money in their account and they went and bought something and they were just having a really bad day. I think there was a story actually, um, somebody went to a cupcake shop and bought a cupcake because they were having a bad day and wrote into us, actually emailed us to let us know somebody else paid for their purchase and it made their entire day that it just turned everything that was going wrong around that they felt so loved by somebody who unintentionally or paid for their purchase. It was something that, you know, it's completely automated, but that somebody put money into the Karma account just because they wanted to make someone else happy, totally turned their world upside down. And that's what we're after. That's, that's the best advertising that we could ask for because it's a real impact and it's something that you can't buy. You can't advertise that. That's just something that you have to experience and live. And then that person also said, because they got that, they put money immediately into their karma account to do it for someone else because they wanted someone else to feel that special. I bet. Yeah. Do you, are you able to like share those stories like more widely or are they so personal and related to people's personal money that it's like, are there <laughs> rules around that or, you know, things like that? Like, I'm just, I feel like once people hear about that, um, like social media or wherever, like, 
I could see that just being like, I don't know, like yeah. becoming like a viral story. Thing. <laughs> I'm sure we could, we haven't at this point because to us, those are, those are special stories. And a lot of times it does have to do with somebody's personal life or their finances or, you know, even sickness or something along those lines. And we don't want to use that in an inappropriate way. And I think it's a really delicate situation to ask somebody if you can share their story in that way. Um, if, when it's something so personal that they're telling us. So we haven't done any of that. We, we circulated internal to the team and it's what keeps us going when the days are dark and you know, your head's down trying to get a platform issue fixed, or you're trying to get something out the door, um, getting an apparel line up by the end of the month, you know, it's, it's something that keeps you going and helps you recenter and realize why you're doing all of this. But, um, it's not something that we, we typically share and we definitely don't use customer names on those things. We do share, you know, reviews where if they've posted it publicly, we'll repost it. But, um, but anything that they've written to us individually, we don't tend to share. Wow. But yeah, it goes back to, they're probably telling their friends and family and, mm-hmm. and strengthening the app. That's so, that's, that's so cool. Um, I just love that. That just makes you feel so good. Like it's so yeah, surprising it's... from a bank. Like <laughs> I've had people tell you that all the time and obviously, you know, but like, it's just so not what you expect. Um, yes. It's, it's funny because when, when I tell people what I do or what the company does and, you know, these are even friends that I'm, I'm hanging out with or something. And they're asking how something's going. It's, it's always funny to hear, like, I'm sorry, this is a bank. What? <laughs> right. Like I bet you've gotten a lot of pushback from, or, or questioning looks from people when you were setting up the, the business. Like, did you guys try to get, fu- did you guys get funding from other outside sources and things like that? <laughs> I feel like I'm curious, like how people reacted if you really did have to like pitch it to people. Yeah. So we, we sort of navigated around the, the funding because it is something that's so divorced from reality of what exists, well, existed before Bella. And, um, yeah, there was, there was a definitely resistance, we'll call it. (laughs) So, so we, we found one person that truly believed in the experience we were trying to create, um, not just about the love and the kindness and things like that, but the conversational flow and the different way that we do the app. If you get into the app, you can completely personalize it. You can put a nickname in, you have to have your legal name for your card and everything to be able, because it is a bank account, but you can put a nickname in, it greets you. It has inspirational sayings or information that you should know when you go to start working with it. It might say, you know, take a moment, breathe in and out for three seconds. Okay, what can I help you with? Or it might say, I hope you're having a beautiful day, you know, and make a comment that's more personalized. Um, So there's different ways that it becomes about you and you can put your own pictures in it. You can put your own pictures that you want to have in your savings goals. It's 100% customizable to you. And no bank was doing that. You know, everything in an app is very traditional. Generally you swipe left and right to see your different accounts. And so we're using it as if you think about a social platform, right? You, you swipe up and down left and right to go to different sections, things along those lines, and you're not using toggle menus. And so it was a, it was a very difficult conversation, I think for, for most people to get into and really see the vision. Um, but 
Rob at Live Person believed in it, believed in us, understood the conversational. It's a platform that Live Person creates and it's what we utilize. And so it was really intuitive that this is the future of and the way that we should be interacting. And then you just pile on the love and kindness and tenderness and empathy as sort of the brand identity, but the tech behind it is what he believed in. And so um, he actually decided to fully fund us. And, and that is our one investor. <laughs> Amazing. So um, I thought there was something I have one. Well, just quickly, not to um, mm-hmm. sound negative, but does that ever scare people that the conversational side of things, like saying like, oh, transfer like a hundred dollars from my savings to checking or yeah, from my savings to checkings or something like what's actually making that happen? Do people get scared that like, oh, that's like an algorithm. And like, what if it doesn't, how do you know it's working right? Or (laughs) things like that. Like, is that something you've come up against? We haven't really gotten any pushback on the way we do it. I think intuitively people trust that the app is going to work, right? It's the same if you had a, a toggle and you said transfer, you know, and you select your savings or your checking and vice versa and enter in a dollar amount. Um, so I don't think that we've, at least I haven't heard anything around coming over a hurdle of trust in that regard. The, the hurdle comes over understanding how to ask in a sentence because we're so used to AIs that don't listen. And um, this isn't vocal, it's typing. So it's a little bit easier. But if you think about it, if you have a smart home and you have you know either the Google home or you have an Alexa or whatever it might be, usually you're screaming commands at it. You're not like, Alexa, what is the weather today? How are you? You know, right. like, never listens. I have to ask the Google to play the news like in 12 different ways before it will ever actually do it. I still don't exactly. Know. <laughs> yeah. It's like, why are you not understanding me? And then you just get angrier and you, you start screaming at it. Uh, thankfully this is a text situation. So you don't have to get angry. You know, you just try the word and it'll make an assumption. If it's not sure there are, um, shortcuts on the bottom. So if you misspell something or you aren't sure if that's the word that might do the thing that you want, um, you can select from, from that shortcut on the bottom, but you start typing so that it can assume what you're trying to do. Cool. Cool. I want to try it. I wish I had, I wish I had downloaded it before we had this conversation, <laughs> but now I, I mean, Hey, I'm more convinced. I want to try it, but I want to hey, shift- one more member <laughs> yeah, there we go. and hopefully people listening to this will too. So we can have our own little, uh, Bella community on there and send money to each other. <laughs> I love it. Um, I want to shift gears a little bit more to like, actually like running the company. Like you started basically during a pandemic. Uh, Do you guys have, like, what does it look like behind the scenes? Have you, do you have an office? Are you all working remotely? Like how have you found the right team members and, Mm -hmm. and brought them on? Like, I I know that's many questions in one, but like anything about that (laughs) stuff, I want to kind of touch on quickly if we can. Definitely. Uh, yes. So we, we started in 2019 pre pandemic. So our expectation was always to be remote because Angelo and Will were living in Italy when we first came over. Um, and actually Will was in the UK at that point and I was in New York and then, you know, our teams that we were developing and things were all over the U S and we were trying to figure out what outsource partners we were going to use and were they even in the U S or not, um, things that like developing the app, Sometimes it's cheaper to go offshore. How quickly could we do it? What's the best way? So we, from the start, made the decision to be a completely distributed team and to work globally because to us, that's the way of the future. Regardless of the pandemic, that was where we were going. Nobody should be bound to a certain location or 
only have talent in a certain location that they should be looking through. And so from that perspective, we were kind of ahead of the curve because we never bound ourselves to, oh, we have to be in New York because that's where Chelsea is, or we have to be you know, in LA or wherever the people were that were the new up and coming tech centers or the FinTech centers. And so it gave us some flexibility. And then when the pandemic happened, we were already off to the races with that. So it made it a lot simpler to transition because a lot of companies that weren't set up for that had this big, you know, sort of lull and hurdle because they had to figure out, okay, we have to get everyone home computers and we have to set up. And how do you disguise personal information if somebody's in the home and, you know, other family members might be walking by or whatever might be going on. We'd already built that because we knew from the start, that's how we wanted to operate. So it was a little simpler for us in that regard, but onboarding an entirely remote team is nothing I wish on anyone. <laughs> it's like trying to, to locate talent is, is often a lot easier than trying to bring them in and get them to understand our culture when we're never face to face. But I think that it's, it's really intriguing because it's reflective of what our app is like, because we're asking people to come into a technology and trust us and believe that you could be connected to somebody else. And so it gave us a lot of empathy and understanding of the customer perspective, I think, by trying to do that internally and get people spun up and teach them and do that through screen shares and never be able to just, you know, grab a coffee between meetings and say, okay, like walk me through this. How does that work? What does this look like? Can I touch that thing the engineering team's developing that's not in the app yet? You know, all those things that you would normally have if you were in an office, you you didn't have. And so it was complex, but um, I think, you know, it made us more human to each other. And then from the company culture side of things, we work really, really hard to make sure people feel heard and listened to. I think, you know, one-on-one time and and kind of giving the personal opportunities as much as the professional meetings and project meetings that we have to push things forward. It does put a burden onto managers and it does put a burden onto the founders to find the time to spend, you know, maybe six hours a week going through and meeting with every employee or having team meetings that are, you know, smaller groups. We use a platform called Donut that automatically matches randomly um, in members of different teams and departments so they can get to know each other and forces them to, in regard to set up personal time and not just talk about work. <laughs> but but it's um, it's intended to recreate the water cooler moments. And it's, you know, 15, 30 minute meeting, whatever you can swing, have lunch together, whatever works for your calendars and your time zones. But it's a way to personally connect and, and make sure that those bonds exist in the digital space. I like that. I'm writing that down. I've never heard of that before. Yeah. It's very no, cool. It plugs into Slack. It's super easy. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to, I'm definitely going to write that down. I'll put that in the show notes. I feel like that's, I mean, that's something we all deal with, I think, and struggle mm-hmm. with is like, how do we dedicate, how do we know, like, like how much time is, is valuable to dedicate, you know, we know that obviously we feel like we don't have enough time for everything Mm -hmm. that has to get done, but we also see how valuable that company culture is and like feeling like we actually know each other and that people feel heard and seen and have what they need in terms of that FaceTime. And it's like, how do I know if like spending an hour doing that is going to be where I should be putting my time today when it seems like there's still so many things on the to-do list for the company, like in a more tangible way. But yeah, I think that's, I'm going to look into donut because I think that seems like (laughs) something we all need because it is, it's so important. It is. And, and, you know, as a manager or 
even just somebody at a company, you, I think there's a saying, I don't know where it originally comes from, but no, no employee leaves a company, they leave their manager. Right. And so focusing on the people personally to me is, is extremely important and it's reflective of what our business is built on. And so if we're going to propose that to the world and say, that's what we do, we better do it. And we better do it internally because if we're not doing it internally and living it, then we're inauthentic. And I think, especially in today's world, people know when businesses are inauthentic, they can tell when employees are unhappy, they can tell when they're paying lip service and they're not actually creating those spaces or doing those things they say that they're supposed to be doing. And so for us, it's it's important to treat our employees and our team members the same way that we would treat our members and with the same respect. And so it's it's intuitive that if it's going to take, you know, two hours today to do that, that is part of my job. And that is part of the projects I need to complete, so to say. Right. It's just as important. Yeah, true. I mean, yeah, it sounds like you guys must be such a great place to work because if you're that nice to, (laughs) if you're that nice and like giving away money to people who are the members on the app and encouraging people to be so giving and supportive and loving, then like, yeah, I want to work there too, because (laughs) it must be an amazing (laughs) team of people to be around all day. I love that. We're we're very uh, connected emotionally and and empathetically and um, even meetings and things. If you're having a bad day, it's like, we do a level set. Okay where are you today? How are you feeling? What's going on? We do check-ins because especially in the pandemic, everybody is mentally stretched, right? You're working, living, breathing, and you're the same four walls. And it's just, it's a, it's a struggle. And so it's high burnout and we have to know where people are. If you need a mental health day, you take it because we can't have anyone burning out when we're trying to run as quickly as we are. Yeah. So, yeah. Is there anything for as for you as one of the leaders of the team? Like, are there any things that you do on a daily, like, you know, daily routines or something you do on a weekly basis just to like keep yourself kind of centered and grounded or happy or, you know, productive, whatever, <laughs> whatever positive things you need in order to be running this company? Yeah. So in the beginning, there, there wasn't anything that I did and I definitely felt that about, um, I'd say about nine, 10 months in, I hit a wall and I know that I hit a wall because I was like such an angry and aggressive person to be around. I was was snapping and I was like, okay, this is not me. And everyone knows this is not me. And they're forgiving it because they love me and I love them. And they know that I would never intentionally like scream at anyone. Um, I wasn't that crazy, but, (laughs) but, but, um, I knew that I needed a break because I had just, I'd, I'd reached my limit and I wasn't taking care of myself. And I think it's one of those things where, you know, you, you try to take care of everyone else before, but you have to remember the the rules in the plane and you put your mask on first so that you can't help others or else you're going to suffocate and you're no good to anyone. So, uh, when that happened, I started blocking out one day a week. I personally chose Fridays because it tended to be my lightest day. But I block out one day a week for me to catch up on everything. And that could be anything from the projects that I need to get caught up on so that I don't have meetings. It could be focus time to be creative or strategic. It could be decompression time because it's been a rough week and I just need to like do my work at my pace and not have anybody ask me questions. <laughs> and, and so that was the thing I think that really was a turning point for me was you know, four days a week, I'm in back to back 12, 14 hours of meetings and calls. Mm-hmm. One day, 
I know if I can get to Friday, that's my day that I can do my paperwork or go through things. Or if I want to start at noon because I need, you know, mental space in the morning and then I work till 8 PM or something like that. It's fine because it's my day, my schedule and nobody touches it. And they, they're very respectful of that. And I appreciate that from my team and all the groups that I'm working with, because it's not easy to cram everything you need into four days a week or else we would, um, and especially because we're such a small team, I think, you know, efficiency goes only so far when you only have so much manpower behind it, <laughs> but it, it's what saves my mental health. Yeah. I love that. I think it's, yeah, you need, I mean, you need time to just focus on the things that you need to do, especially if it's such a like meeting heavy kind of teamwork <laughs> necessary project like this. Um, yeah. And, and going back to the distribution, right? It's like so many calls are, are about other people. It's about making sure that, you know, their projects are working or they have what they need, or even if there is a family issue and they need to talk about it, or they need to understand how that's going to impact their work or whatever it might be. There's a lot of emotion put into those four days. And so having that day to myself to recharge is really important, I found. And and honestly, since I started doing that, I think I'm just a more pleasant person personally and professionally. <laughs> so that's great. I love that you could recognize that and figure out what you needed and be like, this is this is what's gonna help make me be mm-hmm. happier and also a better leader, and then put that into place and and have done it. That's great. I think we always wait until it's like a little bit too late, right? Like we, we're like, no, I definitely fine. did that. Yeah, I broke. At least you recognized it and figured out ways to fix it. So I think that's great. What, um, is there anything in terms of like coming up for the company, anything else? I mean, you already mentioned several things, so no pressure. I know the clothing <laughs> line coming out soon sounds pretty big. Any like longer term plans, anything else that we should know about coming from Bella? Yeah, we're honestly just trying to get through the end of this year, through the holidays. Um, We have some surprises coming out for our members, things that we're going to be doing and throwing out there as little fun, little um, gifts, I guess I could call them. as ways of saying thank you for being with us, for surviving our first year together and, um, and bearing with us as we had to work through app glitches and, you know, does the screen work? Does it not? Do you see things on the Android phones versus the, the iOS phones and all of that that comes with technology and our, our group has been extremely loving and forgiving of us just as we try to be and show up for them. And so we wanted to do something nice. So keep an eye out for, I think December is going to be a fun month for our members. Mm-hmm. And then going into 2022, excuse me, 2022. Um, yeah, we, we have some things up our sleeve technology wise, new integrations from some product things that people have been interested in and, and we'll be launching. I don't have the specific dates, so I'm not trying to be cagey, but, um, but there are, there are some things that are technology wise coming and they're going to see some new generation of our app coming out where they'll be able to interact on different levels. And we're bringing in some merchants and different ways to build that lifestyle into a holistic approach. That's not just personal checking and savings. Cool. Okay. Can't wait to see that. Um, Awesome. Well, one thing I always ask people um, on the end of an interview is if there's one thing that you wish you had known more about when you first first began the business, like, is there anything that comes to mind that you wish you had known more before you started? 
So for me personally, the financial spaces and markets, <laughs> I came in from the community aspect. I worked in tech, but I was, I had not worked in banking. I had not understood a lot of the things that were going on there. And it was a curve. It was, it was something that I had to do a lot of reading. I'm still doing a lot of reading and education. I attend a ton of webinars and things around crypto and NFTs and how the banking industry is changing and what is Bitcoin and like why that took off. And that's you know, the standard for you know, these, these cryptocurrencies and all these different components. So I think for me, it was, I never knew what I didn't know. So if I had known a little bit more about finance, it would have been easier for me. Yeah. I think for the, the operations and community, that's my bread and butter. It's stuff I'm super comfortable with. And I know, so I don't think there were any hurdles that I, I didn't feel prepared for. I couldn't overcome there. I had confidence in myself, but financial spaces are a whole beast that I just didn't, I peeled back the onion and I had no idea what was down there. <laughs> I've seen so much change in the last, like recently too, like with all that yeah. stuff and yeah, I can't, when, sounds overwhelming. <laughs> but that's the beauty of partners, right? Because yeah. Will and Angelo had that on lock and I have the other side. And so we teach each other and we grow together, but, um, yeah, if somebody had, if I could tell my, my past self, I'd say, get that book on Bitcoin now. So you can understand what monetary systems are. <laughs> wonderful. Um, what sound wonderful about having co-founders though. Yes. Here are the strengths. Is there any, any last bit of advice or, um, last words that you'd want to share with other other women in business, other people starting a business, going along the entrepreneurial journey alongside you? Ah, oh, goodness. So many things that I feel a little bit pretentious saying. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, I think I, the biggest thing for me that I've learned, especially in the last year, is that being emotional and compassionate and empathetic and bossy and all those terms that we get thrown at us and everyone always talks about um, changing the language on, I say embrace it. If you want to call me bossy or bitchy or whatever, go for it. I get stuff done. And that's what proves it, right? Is that if people are talking about me, it means that I've impacted something and that they're afraid. So keep going. Don't listen to anybody and, and recognize that their fear is your strength. And that's the thing that I've learned the most about myself, at least in this journey. I love that. I don't even want to say any more words after that. I want to leave everybody with that <laughs> sentence. That's great. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing all of this with us. I feel like I learned a lot just from talking with you about this. Obviously learned a ton about Bella itself. And, and thank you for just like diving so deep into like what it is and how it works. Cause I just found that yeah. so interesting. And I hope everybody, I think everybody else will too. Um, and obviously also about your, your journey and your experience. So thank you for coming on. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Can we go back to tell people how, where they can go to sign up and how they can oh. find you <laughs> online if, um, if they want to connect with you after this. Yeah. This that. is why I'm not marketing. No. <laughs> Uh, so our website is www.bellaloves.me and you can learn all about our banking services, the surprise cashback karma account, um, we're a no fee account. So there's no maintenance fees, no minimums. Uh, we reimbursed the first two ATM transactions because we don't have a network. So anywhere you take money out, um, 
there's all sorts of stuff in there that you can learn about from our website. You can also find us on LinkedIn and we post a little bit more on the business side there. Our company name is Bella Loves Me on there. And it's a it's our heart icon is the little uh, bubble that you'll see. And our Instagram, it's all going to be about our e-com coming up. So previously it was about our members and all the things that we're doing. Now we have all of this amazing clothing that I'm super excited about and I'm going to wear 24-7. So Bella Loves Me is our, our Instagram handle. It's at bellaloves.me. And then of course, if anyone wants to connect with me personally, I'm happy to, to talk, to talk about the business, to talk about my life, anything. I'm an open book. Uh, you can always reach me on LinkedIn and it's Chelsea Kim and uh, just send me a message if you're going to try to connect and let me know that this is where you heard about me so that I will accept it. <laughs> awesome. Cool. Thank you so much. I'll, we'll share all of that in the show notes too. So people can find you guys and connect. Thank you for coming on today. Thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this show, please subscribe to Quotable, a female millennial entrepreneur podcast, wherever you listen. So you won't miss the next episode and leave a review on iTunes. So other people will be able to find us easily. Also, don't be shy to get in touch with me or anyone you've heard on the show. We're all about connecting and our Instagram handles and contact links are always in the show notes or online at quotablemediaco.com slash podcast. If you want to join the community of other female millennial entrepreneurs, join our Facebook group by searching female millennial entrepreneurs on Facebook. Talk to you soon and see you there.